Well, this will be our last day here in Bristol. We've been very blessed to have spent the last several days working the streets of Bristol, speaking to people about issues which really matter. Most of the news reports and most of the stories in the papers are bland, trivial, and created to brainwash you, created to get your mind off the real subjects. And that's why many people are very passive. They're passive about heaven, they are passive about hell, they are passive about sin, and they are passive about the Saviour. And what I'd like to do now, before the rain comes down too hard, is read a passage from the New Testament, from the Epistle of James. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. True religion results in a changed person. True religion results in a change of one's heart. We've just been to George Muller's home, not far from here, and George Muller, over many decades of serving the Lord, loving the Lord, was able to raise around 50 million pounds by today's standard to build homes for orphans, to take care of children, starving children, children that were neglected, unloved, and to this day, his legacy remains. He put his faith into action. And sometimes people say, well, they have a faith, but they do nothing with it. Or they say they have a faith, but they never share it. I wonder how many people there are in Bristol which would say they have a faith, would say they believe in God, would say they believe in Jesus Christ, and yet never open their mouths, never speak about heaven, never speak about hell, never speak about service, never speak about judgment, never speak about picking up their cross or your cross, never speak about the need to be born again. And that's why we've been able to spend several days here preaching about everlasting issues, attempting to put our faith into action. Because if you have a faith and it doesn't result in you doing anything, first of all for yourself or your fellow man, then I would suggest your faith is worthless. I would suggest that your faith is immaterial. And I would suggest that you've made it up yourself. You probably worship yourself. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It is possible for a saved person, somebody who knows the Saviour, to be deceived. And it's certainly possible for somebody that doesn't know the Saviour to be deceived. And of course the problem with the deception is that you don't know that you are deceived. You think you are right and everybody else is wrong. And then one day you have a reality check. 
going back to my earlier comment that most of the news preachers or as trivial material pushes an agenda which really only suits a certain group of people and the majority of society are unable to relate to much of what goes on in the news but thankfully when Jesus Christ came to the earth he lived with his fellow man he ate with his fellow man he worked with his fellow man he traveled with his fellow man and he died with his fellow man he was crucified between two thieves and you might say thieves theft stealers stealing taking something which isn't yours is pretty wicked you may say well I'm not a thief I'm not a bad person you may say I'm a pretty good person and many times we are very quick to compare ourselves with other people but I would suggest this that if you are honest with yourselves and I like to think some of you are you know that you're no good you know that you've sinned when we discuss stealing theft it doesn't have to be on a grand scale you can steal somebody's idea and pass it off as your own you can quote somebody's uh, material and pass it off as your own you can download music from the net and enjoy it for yourself you may duplicate it that's theft you may copy a DVD you may pass it around you may make money off that DVD it's theft and the Bible speaks about stealing in fact in the UK if you work for any reputable employer and you steal from them you are disciplined and you risk losing your job and sometimes being put before a court prosecuted and once you have a criminal record it's very hard to get back into work I remember hearing a story some years ago of a lady who worked at a cinema and she was caught stealing one pound from the petty cash just one pound and that made the news and the manager or the area manager was aware that a pound had been taken from petty cash and he said we need to fire this woman she's a thief and her manager tried to keep her job open for her and he said no he said if she stole one pound next time it could be ten pounds next time it could be twenty pounds next time it could be twenty five thirty pounds you understand she was fired she was lucky she wasn't prosecuted and I would imagine she was able to secure future employment but imagine being put before a court for stealing twenty thousand pounds from your employer or from the government and you are prosecuted now you have a criminal record and when you go for a job the first thing they ask you is do you have a criminal record and if you don't declare it you won't get to the front door and if you lie on your application form and they do a CRB check on you you are fired you see sin stains what initially sounded like a good idea like there's 20 pounds I want it for myself or 200 pounds I want it for myself or 20,000 pounds I want it for myself turns out to be a very bad idea and people get caught up in the moment they do something because it feels good only to later regret it for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto man beholding 
his natural face you in a glass. You're not talking about. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. For whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Do you think you So the great news is, number one, a person can be blessed, by doing the will of the Lord, a person can be condemned for not doing the will of the Lord. And we have to look at this from the standpoint of the Lord. I know that many people have views which are contrary to Scripture, but the question must be asked, what are they basing their beliefs on? Anybody can believe in anything. We live in a free society and thank the Lord for that. But if someone doesn't have truth, or if someone doesn't have substance, and they are believing in something because they feel they feel they should do, and yet there's no substance to it, they are deceived. And their religion means nothing. It has no substance. It must be based on truth. It must be based on historical facts. And the Bible speaks about a literal man called Jesus Christ. And sometimes it intrigues me that some people like to question the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the legacy of the Lord Jesus Christ, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, and ultimately the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is this, if you were to compare him with anyone else, and I mean anyone else, you won't find many people that come anywhere near him. I could give you 30 sources if you were inclined to ask we speak about a literal man called Jesus Christ. But I know perfectly well that when we speak about Jesus, when we speak about the Bible, when we speak about the real issues, it causes people to respond in one of two ways. Number one, they run from the cross, or number two, they run to the cross. It is true that to be saved will cost you something. To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will cost you something. If you are a real man of God, you will preach on the streets, or you will get a sign up, or you will pass out tracts. You will have something to say about your faith, about your religion, about Almighty God. And if you don't have much to say about your religion, your God, or your system, I would suggest it means very little, has no substance. If any man among you seem to be religious, that's that, there's our word again, and bribeth not his tongue. A tongue can do a lot of damage. One moment you are blessing the Lord, the next moment you are condemning your fellow man. This man's religion is vain. The awful truth found in scripture, both testaments, is that people can worship God in vain. Most people in the Bible thought they were on the right side of the Lord, doing their best, only to be told that they weren't on the right side of the Lord. The Bible says how God hates all workers of iniquity. The Bible says that God is angry with the wicked every day. And that's why the Bible says to examine yourself, to make sure you are in the faith. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. What are you doing for your fellow man? If you are born again, if you know the Lord, what are you doing for your fellow man? Do you take the time out to speak to those that need your help? Do you go the extra mile? Would you buy somebody a meal? Would you buy somebody a cup of tea or a coffee? 
But ultimately, would you sit down with your fellow man and speak about the consequences of sin? What happens to a person when they die? Why heaven has rules? And why there are rules for hell? I know this isn't a popular message. I know most people don't want to discuss it. I know most churches avoid it. I know a lot of false religions like to deny it. But that doesn't change the truth of the matter. That Jesus Christ spoke about hell. He spoke about heaven. He didn't come to die for nothing. He came for a purpose. He came to set captivity captive. He came to cover the sins of the world. But like all things, we have to help ourselves. Like all things, we have to receive it. And once we have received it, it's sort of natural to want to share it with other people. Going back to, if you have any real substance to your faith system, you want to know more about it, and you want to share it with more people. When it comes to salvation, we know one thing very clearly, that salvation is found in a person, not in a place. As we get ready to leave this wonderful city, the day after tomorrow, we know that our work is being completed here. We know that we've been able to preach on several occasions about our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks about him being called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. If you know much about religion, and I hope some of you do, I know we live in a brain-dead society now, but if you know much about religion, if you've ever spent any time researching religion, and I'm sure some of you have, you know that there are many religions in the world today, probably thousands of them. And yet, to the best of my knowledge, only one religion teaches that Jesus Christ was God and man. On top of that, you are told 2,000 years before he was even born that he would come, that he would be born in a particular place, that he would live a particular way, and that he would die a particular way. I mean, 68 prophecies. If I gave you just six prophecies, if I was to suggest that the next government would be run by such and such, and that it would come into power on such and such a day, that it would last for such and such amount of time, and eventually it would collapse. And if I was to name the next Home Secretary or Foreign Secretary or Defence Secretary, you might be intrigued to know more about that. You may, you know, you may say to yourself, how does this guy know that? But when it comes to the Bible, you've got some incredible detail, some incredible data. But the problem is, until a person is born again, it's a closed book. Until a person puts their religion, I mean real religion, into practice, it's meaningless. You may say you love someone, well show it, prove it. What are you doing that someone without a religion or without your religion is doing? Do you stand out? Do people know you? I mean, what are you living for? What are you existing for? I'm trying to make this point to those that are saved, those that offer themselves as being Christians, not religious people. I know there are religious people in this city. I'm speaking about biblical religion. I'm speaking about a relationship with Almighty God through His blessed Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. 
Don't be double-minded. Don't be a hypocrite. Take a stand. If you believe in something, stand for it. For whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Put your faith into action. Man up. Be a real man. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Don't broadcast your good deeds. And incidentally, such works found from the epistle to James, or from James, the epistle of James, won't save anybody. There's just no way in the world that being a good man or woman can save you. Your sins, and there, and, and there will be many, are a great offence to the Lord. When he hung on the cross, he beheld sinners. He saw people standing all around him, some mocking him, some cussing him, some blaspheming him. And he could have done one or two things. He could have waved his hand, he could have prayed to his father, he could have called a legion of angels to come down and burn them all up, but that's not what he did. He said to his father to forgive them. Why? Because he loves them. He has a great love for the world. We don't deserve it, of course. Nobody here today on this rainy, wet, or this wet afternoon deserves the mercy of the Lord. We don't deserve his grace. We deserve justice. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken his law. And if I got what I deserved, I would go to hell. And I deserve to go to hell. But I appreciate very clearly that somebody has done something for me. Somebody has paid my fine. Somebody who knows what it's like to be man and also what it's like to be God. And my hope and prayer is this, as we almost come to the end of our presence here, to examine yourselves. Check out your faith. Most people believe in something. You have to shake them up sometimes to find out what it is. And most people's faith is worthless. It's based on feelings. It's based on tradition. But if your faith is based on a person, if your faith is based on Jesus Christ, you can't go wrong. You can never go wrong. You are firmly on the rock of all ages. And as somebody who knows Jesus Christ, you want others to know about Jesus Christ. So please, think about what you've heard today and over the last several days. We have three DVDs to give to anybody that uh, would like one or two. We have many gospel tracts and we have Bibles as well. You owe it to yourselves, people, to examine the deeper meanings to life. Life is so precious, so precious. You're here today and gone tomorrow. And the Bible says if you're not saved, you're lost. And to be lost is an awful thought. Picture your child getting lost in a supermarket, or in a shopping centre, or on a escalator. Your heart sinks, you start to panic. Where's my child? And you go into a meltdown. And then somebody finds your child, and you have a great sigh of relief. That's a picture of salvation. You are lost, and then you got found. You shouldn't fear death if you're saved. And if you are born again, you're no longer lost, but you are safe. I mean eternally safe. 
in the only begotten Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God indeed. Amen and Amen.